Hey everyone, welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of the brains. I'm Max Hudkowski and I got a free nose job. And I'm Michael Hudkowski and insert joke here. So today's episode, we've got uh, suggestions to start doing more themed episodes. So this is the first themed episode that isn't a special, um, like our holiday special. So this is, our theme is East and West. So the structure of the show is still the same. Oh, I thought it was explicitly West versus East. No, it's East and West. Or West and East. Well, all right, East and West. We'll find West, out. I put West first. I was more ethnocentric centered. All righty then. So <laughs> the structure is still the same. Both of us bring five questions. Both of us and ask the five questions that we either of the other person. We each get three guesses. If we get it on the first guess, three points. Second guess, two points, and on and on. So for a total of fifteen points each. Potentially. Potentially. Max, would you like to get us started? Sure, I'd love to get us started. Now, again, I thought like East versus West, West versus East. My first question is, who saved the world from the East versus West arms race known as the Cold War? Specifically, who saved the world from a giant nuclear disaster? Oh, was it, it was some guy? Oh, he was some. I was either, I was someone either in the Soviet Union or the U.S. Someone in the military. And there was a signal, and they said, you know, there was a, a false signal, and they just kind of said, instead of seeing it as an attack, they just go, oh, it's a it's a mess up, and they dismissed it. It was some technician, some nuclear electrician, technician, electrician. <laughs> electrician, technician, electrician? He was a technically an electrician. That was the thing. He Very. actually wasn't anything to do with nuclear. He just... Very specific, very specific job. No, I mean, well, he was like an officer. An officer? Officer? What, an officer? I said officer. Okay. I'd say officer. Right, officer, please. Um, hmm. It was a, it was a, a lieutenant? Yeah, I mean... It, or a lieutenant it for those really who are assholes? It, it was an on-duty officer. Um, you were correct to say that he was on the Soviet side and he saw an alarm. Was his name Yuri? No. Oh. You were correct to say that he saw this alarm and was like, that's probably a false alarm. I'm not going to do anything. Strictly disobeying orders for, you know, the, the protocol that they had in case they were being under attack by, or they got an alarm for an attack from this specific uh, uh, device. Hmm. Um, this is, this is, this guy's the more known guy. Uh, Stanislav Petrov is the person you're thinking of. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel here, there, that's where it says, I knew it said it somewhere here in my little notes, um, often known as the man who single-handedly saved the world from a nuclear war uh, in 1983. The person I like to think of as well, though, someone we talked about in one of my classes long ago, was Vasily Arkhipov. Vasily, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, had... Uh, he was one of the three officers that needed to vote to launch the nuclear arms that they had on deck. These guys had a communication error and Americans started dro dropping uh, signaled depth charges on these guys. And they didn't try to force them to surface so they could identify them. But their radio was all messed up and they couldn't confirm that that's really what was going on or if it really was actually just... They were just trying to sink their submarine. They thought, well, maybe the war started. Maybe we should just start launching our weapons while we have them. 
and while we can before we get sunk. And Vasily was the only of the three commanders, including several, you know, second in command, others in commands. Excuse me, he was the second in command, but other high ranking officials at the time that said, like, no, I'm not doing this. And as long as he didn't turn the key, it didn't go. Kind of impressive that they didn't just beat the shit out of him and turn his key against his will. Well, I mean, I like to think that when you're in that position, even before you were properly trained, because during the Cold War, both sides, Soviets and Americans, are training with how... To end the world? Well, no, are training for the people, officers in charge of actually turning the keys and things like that were shoddy at times. You know, they were inconsistent. And so I like to think that the individual themselves realized, I could really do a lot of damage. And my friend can also say no. And if he says no, I need to respect the fact that he says no, even if I think yes. Right? I wow. Think, I like to think that the individuals understood the consequences, even if... Soviet person... officers during the Cold War respected the word no more than some people do today. That seems like a statement well, on our modern culture. You, this guy was also second in command of the entire yeah. submarine ship, right? It even says here that he was, in fact, the commander of the entire submarine flotilla that he was a part of. But he just happened to be at equal rank of the captain of the vessel that he was on at the time. And since it's on his vessel, the captain pulls rank of individual vessel activities, such as yep. launching into the rock. Understood. Okay. Um, cool. I also like the earlier you said it was an on-duty officer, as if, it was, as if an off-duty officer would have saved everyone. Because he was like, ah, he just didn't show up. Well, no, I guess he was off duty, and I therefore guess it's he. More of um, Petrov's role was not to always be the guy, right? He just happened to be the guy during this incident, right? I guess is my the stress of on duty. Hmm. So Max, who was Theodosius the first? Who was Theodosius the first? Theodosius the first was the son of <clears throat> Alexander the Great. No, probably not. I'll say the son of Alexander the Great. No. Oh, wrong. Theodosius the first. Certainly some Greco-sounding name. He wasn't. He wasn't the guy that made the maze with the Minotaur, right? No. In mythology, he was not. He didn't make the Minotaur or the maze. He was a real person, Theodosius the first. As far as you know, did you ever meet him? There's, there's evidence that he exists. I'm not getting in this conversation with you again. <laughs> again? Yes. Theodosius the first was the first person to travel from the eastern mediterranean all the way to the western mediterranean you know you're very close you're wrong but you're very close yeah it's got think of the so that. think of the think of the word the first what's the opposite of the first you're in the right area of the world the last okay so go with this. Theodos the first was actually the last of what? So he was the last person to go from Eastern Mediterranean <laughs> to the Western Mediterranean Sea. Uh, do, do you keep tabs on those people? No, no. He's the most recent. We just called him up. Uh, no, no. Uh, do you want to know? I mean, I've surpassed three guesses. Oh, you have, you have. Theodosius the first was the last Roman emperor to rule over both eastern and western halves of okay. the Roman Empire before it split between what we now know as Eastern Roman Empire, or the Byzantine Empire, and the Western Roman Empire. Hmm. And he was also the first one to make Nicenian Christianity the official state 
faith of the Roman Empire. Now, Rome had been split up a couple times before. Uh, Diocletian actually split up into like fourths. Um, they had like junior and senior emperors, and this is something they kind of done before. It was kind of a copy of uh, how uh, Octavian and Mark Anthony had split up the empire prior to Octavian becoming Augustus and the first emperor proper. All right, I like it. Yeah, I, it's it's. I'm a little bummed because I'm pretty sure I knew that at least at some point in my life. We're at a t- close to zero zero. <laughs> close to zero zero. Um, Mike, you know obviously the show and book series Game of Thrones. Or a tale of ice and fire, a song of ice and fire. But song, yes, a song of ice and fire. As I push, as I push my glasses further up I, on my on my read. nose. I don't read, so you can't. Part of the problem. What is the westernmost place in Westeros? It's lonely light. Wow! Immediately, lonely light is the. I was hoping it would be the second guess. It is a part of the Iron Islands, so there's the Iron Islands where all the kind of semi-Viking people live, who are very interesting and fucked up people, and then kind of this, as far as it takes like a, a day or so to go from Westeros to the, uh, re, the Iron Islands, you have to go like another day or two out to go to... Uh, six days. Six days to go to Lonely Light, where there is, it's pretty much a small, not that big island where people hunt seals, and yeah... And there's a couple other like small satellite islands to that are literally just rocks with puffins on them. Yeah, and no one knows what's west of that. People have tried and never come back. Mostly, I don't think George R. R. Martin wanted to write more about what's going on over there. So, I think it's cool to keep it mysterious. I think the good thing in the story, he goes, "Oh, we don't know what's going on over there." So it's like how here be dragons kind of no, thing. For sure, I think any fantasy world should not have a clear circumnavigated thing. Like even. You know, World of Warcraft and Azeroth don't have a clear... People keep saying, like, what's on the dark side of Azeroth? And we, like, know Azeroth's this egg of this, like, Titan. And we know we've been to space. We've Literally, World of Warcraft players have been to space and seen Azeroth as a planet. And we still don't know what's on the other side. One day they'll realize it's a game and their minds will be blown. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you can literally fly and teleport and never just, like, gone to the other side of the world and seen what's over there. Um, so that's like a big running joke there. But I think, you know, any good... Does, does uh, uh, Ashron's Call... I forgot the name of its place. Dareth? Does that, In Ashron's like Call, Dareth is actually... No, Dareth is actually an island. It's about the size of Rhode Island, so give or take. It's pretty big. And it's actually the... Oh, it's actually part of the entire planet, like just a, th- like a tenth at most, if not smaller, of the entire planet. The rest of the planet, the continents are completely conquered by the uh, original big bad in the series. Oldfoy. Yeah, alien, uh, like insect people. Uh, but yeah, so they they, they they just wanted only a small place. They said, oh, okay, there's the rest, there's another continent. Just play the game we have. Um, now that we've bored all the non-geeky people. Um, so that's three points for me? Yeah. Okay. I you that's, mark it down? Okay, I, I will mark it down. Not right away. I was really hoping it would give you like one more guess. But I also knew right in question, I was like, Mike knows more about this topic than I do tenfold but i'm still gonna write it write it because i want westernmost place in westeros in my podcast <laughs> yes all righty max what country was the last in the western hemisphere to abolish slavery and when so it's a double question so you have two two different questions in one here what country was the last country in the western hemisphere to mm-hmm. abolish slavery yes 
So I'm assuming I'm supposed to get that part first. Yeah. Because I can't really guess the second part if I still don't know the country, right? Sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a good logical way to break it down. I'm good for you. Okay, I'm immediately going to say the United States. False. Okay. I thought it was false, but I knew we were very, very late to the game. You thought it was false, but you just didn't want those three points. Well, I just didn't want to, like, skip over one that, like, might be overlooked. People were like, well, of course it's not us. Like, I mean, it could have been us. Yeah. I'm also worried that it's, like, a Caribbean island, and I'm not going to get it because... You don't know any of them? No, well, there's just many to choose from, and I feel like I could think of a couple that seem reasonable. I'm going to say Brazil is my second guess. That is the correct answer. Okay. All right. Thank God. I really thought that too. Um, because I do remember that it was like super, super late. So is that two points? Yep. That's two points for you. Okay. Excellent. So now for the your third question. Right. Which is the when. When did that happen? Oh, man. I'm going to say... Uh, oh, do I have a plus or minus, Michael? I'd like to know the, know the odds. I... I think I'm going to give you plus or minus a year. Because I'm confident you can get this. Really? Yeah. Brazil. Okay, let me think about Brazil history. What I know about Brazil history. Obviously was a colony, I guess, of Portugal. For a long time, claimed independence in around the turn of the century, just before the turn of the century, I believe. Actually, around the 1820s, 1830s, they declared independence. Oh, that early. Okay, yes, and they became the Empire of Brazil. Older than that. Or I thought it was more recent than that. I'm going to say 1900 flat. No. Now, I do know Brazil participated in World War II, so I think it would have been before that. But it had to have been after America. 1986. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no. God, no. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those things where the law like kind of got messed up or something like that. 1867. No. The correct answer was 1888. Why did you think I was going to get that? I don't know. I felt I, I had faith in you, and I apparently you should never have minus, that. You gave me a plus or minus of a single year? Yeah. I thought, I thought you... I, I don't know. I had faith I in know, you, okay. and it was clearly misplaced. Here's what I know about Brazil. They're good at soccer. They speak Portuguese. They used to be owned by Portugal. They have a big, big rainforest that we call the Amazon. That's pretty much all I know about Brazil. Oh, man. I actually I actually had... I know you can play them in like Civ Four onwards. Yes. Damn. I actually had practice for this question when I wrote it down like a week or two ago. I had practiced how to say uh, thank you to our listeners in Brazil for listening. In Portuguese. In Portuguese. Um, Portuguese. And I don't, but I'll just say obrigado, um, which is thank you. So for those listening, obrigado, because I know that's thank, thank you. Thank you for, for abolishing slavery. So thank, well, thank you for being you. And um, and thank you, generally, thank you for both. Thank you for not being a dick and keeping slavery. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you yeah, should thank true. anyone who does that. But, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, you also shouldn't thank someone for doing what is the right thing to do. Like, well, thank you for not owning people, you know. <laughs> but yes, it was under, em, under Emperor Pedro II. Slavery was abolished. Emperor? Emperor. Uh, when Brazil declared independence, it was not because they were becoming a republic. It was because after the invasion of 
Portugal and S- Spain, the Portuguese court went, this was during uh, Napoleonic Wars, Portuguese court went to Brazil. And the Portuguese court kind of, Pedro the first of Brazil, and his court kind of really liked Brazil a lot and didn't want to go back. And the Portuguese were like, you have to come back. And therefore, that was the reason the Brazilian War of Independence was just just to create a new kingdom, new empire. And that was the Empire of Brazil. Hmm. And it was Pedro the First, then Pedro the Second, and then Pedro the Second was overthrown in a coup. By Pedro the Third? No. Oh, By the was a actually it was a military coup and then it became a republic. Okay. After that. Alright. Michael, my question for you. Where is often the first land first landmass to see daylight of the new day i was thinking east and west so i brought myself to the international dateline because that is quite literally where the battle of east first west happens in terms of time on earth and so i thought to myself well we know what the first days are and things like that like we can figure that out it's the first land mass land mass i'm thinking of land to see daylight piece of land um because obviously there's some water buffers within any of these areas. Is it? It's probably an island, isn't it? Um, it's a good place to start. Is it Fiji? It is not Fiji. There's a lot of islands here. There's a many, many islands here. There's a many, many islands. There's um, many, many islands. Damn. Is it the Solomon Islands? It is not the Solomon Islands. That's a pretty good guess, though. Notice They're... I said islands. I went multiple. I cheated. Um, no, the Solomon... Yeah, Solomon is it... a good guess, though. They're on the line, pretty much. They've got a fancy rule about the international dateline. Is it the Kuril Islands? Uh, can you K-U-R-I-L. It is not. Fuck. It is not. It is the Caroline Island, also known as the Millennium Island. Because the Millennial Island. Yeah, the Millennial Island. Everyone, all the other islands blame it for everything. Like, why is this island ruining the ocean? Why is the Caroline Island killing all the other island industries? Why can't the Caroline Island, why isn't buying more houses? Why isn't it buying a diamond for its island? Why isn't it buying more yachts? <laughs> Why isn't it buying more thermonuclear devices? This is as I think the millennials have killed the nuclear industry. They're not buying nuclear weapons the way people oh used to. God. Oh man. Um well so it's called the Millennium Island because in nineteen ninety five they changed how the international dateline worked and it became the it was going to be, you know, the first landmass to see daylight of the new day for most days. This doesn't really apply on the winter or summer solstice where the sun is constantly on either the north or south poles right and so it never really stops shining during right those days. okay yep so because it's a little uh, loophole yeah so there's a loophole right but if you took like an average like spring or like fall day there's a really good chance that the caroline island would be the first land to see daylight of the new day it is also incredibly far east from the rest of the dateline um to the point where if you get outside of its own personal time zone, this is an uninhabited island, mind you. If you get out of its own uh, time zone, it's actually in the minus 10 time zone. And then it has its own plus 14 time zone within that. So that's that's two time zones away from where you would think. You would think it happens at the minus 12 to the plus 12, right? But this thing happens at the minus 10. It's just so far east. It blows my mind. 
It is also home to one of the world's largest populations of coconut crab. Yay. That's a little bonus fact. Coconut, coconut crabs. Coconut crabs. Are they, do they taste of coconut or do they use coconuts? I or wish they taste Are you do not have any information on They're this? They're just really large. Like a coconut. Yeah, well, I think it has to do, I think they get their name from like the way their shells are kind of like the spread out like the leaf, like the leaf, like the palm leaf of a coconut tree. Right. And they're pretty big. They're big. So instead of being called palm crabs, they called them coconut crabs. Well, they do, it's a palm tree. I'm reading here now that they do have a, the nickname Palm Thief and Robber Crab. It's a panel colony is what this island is. It's all criminal crabs <laughs> who have stolen They're just a everything. super large hermit crab. Like if you want a massive hermit crab that could be, you know, up to nine pounds. They're massive homeless crabs. And up to a meter in length. My God. Yeah. Up to a meter in length. Yeah, from, from leg to leg, from... Outreach. Like if you spread them out. Yeah. Like because you're still... frisking them because they're robber crabs and therefore they <laughs> must have committed a crime. Why are we talking about coconut crab? I want to talk about east versus west, Mike. Give me well, it's okay. East <laughs> east and west. Um, no, east versus west. All of my questions are east versus which, west. Which is east versus west can include when I said east and west. It could be east versus west. It just involves a theme to some. It, the theme is broad enough. I don't have to justify this to you again. I'm right. going to make my own theme with hookers. Okay, Max. Um, the compass. Oh, man. Do we have the same question? Was invented in China during the Han Dynasty. Okay. What was it originally used for? Um, the compass was not originally used for navigational purposes. It was used for um what's the term i'm looking for fortune telling i suppose is the thing i'm thinking of is that three points baby yeah divination divination that's the word it actually wasn't used for for navigation until like the song dynasty like the 11th century so that's about like 1200 years after it was first invented they go maybe we could use this well so to figure out where the fuck we are let me tell you how i figured this answer out because first of all Obviously, you're not going to say directional purposes because that's the nature of this question. It was first use, right? Next, I'm going to think, okay, I know Chinese culture for a long time has had, just like most other cultures, some form of divination and, and fortune telling and things like that. And I know that's a big piece of their old ancient culture. Lastly, I also thought of what's one of those middle school science things you do in, you know, science class, obviously, to create your own little mini compass, you get like a little needle and you put it on some cork in some water or something like that. And you maybe slightly magnetize it or rub it against some metal or even just some felt to charge to the thing. And it'll start to move on its own. And I said, thought to myself, well, if you didn't know any better, that would look like pretty voodoo magic to you. And you'd probably start You're fortune right. telling from it. Right? Start freaking out. Yeah. Especially if you didn't. There's like, teachers all over when they do that experiment. Like, now kids, don't you fucking, don't you freak, don't you calm the fuck down. I can explain. And this. kids just start burning shit. Like, Tabitha's a witch. <laughs> His parents are called in. I'm so sorry. It just escalated. <laughs> Next thing I know, it was like the crucible. That's a that's a theater reference for some people. Oh, uh, um. 
but yeah, I mean, like, you're not going to look at this thing and take your sweet time and replicate it and be like, oh, never mind. It's always pointing the same way. You're going to immediately freak out and be like, oh, this person in the room's a murderer. How old are these kids in this experiment? Well, no, I'm talking about the, the ancient, ancient Chinese here. All right. Not the children anymore. Right, yeah. But just look, I love that it took, it's considered one of the four great inventions of China. But it's like it took them so long to realize. It took them a long time to realize. They invented gunpowder and shit by that time. I was about to say, is gunpowder, I'm assuming gunpowder is one yes, of them. Yes, gunpowder is one of them. Um, yeah, so there you go. Okay, Max, good job. Um, Thanks, man. What have you got for me? Okay, well, what I've got for you is also a compass-related question. When on Earth was the most recent time a compass's east was in fact west? Oh, this is when the poles swapped or something. Oh, no, no, no. It When was the most recent time? Um, yeah, I'm going to guess you're going to be petty and just give me like a year. Plus your minus six months. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dick. Um, I'm going to give you plus or minus, um, I'd say, because uh, obviously the plus or minus gives you a scale of the answer. I'm going to say plus or minus like Eight thousand years. Eight thousand years. Okay, Something good, like good, 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 that good, good, good. That gives you a scope good. of scale. Um, this question. But your idea of the pole reversal, I think, is a good one. Was it fifty thousand BC? It was not fifty fifty thousand BC. I'm sorry. Is that too close or too far? Well, actually, hold on. Fifty thousand. I mean, wait a minute. Too close? Too far? Is you're that... saying fifty thousand BC, which then means you're adding an extra two thousand years? Yeah, to that'd it. be fifty-two thousand years ago. But 50,000 BC, you're right. Yeah, no, no, that's still wrong. It's wrong either way. I'm realizing. I just can't do math. Um, am I too far or too close? Am I too, I mean, too, too, too recent or too far off? <laughs> I don't know how words work anymore. I'm. Wow, the tables have turned. Now you make the mistakes I make. Wonderful. Excellent. Um. Excellent. My my poison is working. My God. No, it is. Uh, your too far away i'm too far away okay was it 4000 bc you are far too recent 10000 bc it was not 10000 bc i almost gave you a plus or minus of 10000 too i'm so sorry um was it 20000 bc i think 4000 bc might be wrong because i think egyptians might have had some sort of nature some sort of understanding of magnetism by then right and if there was a swap i think it would have messed them up because their jars get well no never mind their jars would get magnetized as they dried the clay in egypt oh um for a second i thought their jars would and then i thought it was going to be some voodoo occult egyptologist no, nonsense I'm, I'm realizing as i say that i don't think they realized that they were getting magnetized and that they could we could date stuff like that using that method I don't think they understood magnetism at all. So when is but it? Anyway, it occurred around um, 41,000 years ago. It's specifically 41,400 years ago, plus or minus 2,000 years. And it was called the Last Champ event. Uh, uh, it's definitely named after a French guy, so I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. This was a very brief uh, magnetic uh, excursion, we call it, but it was technically a full reversal. It does only magnetism lasted. just it went on an excursion, it left. <laughs> went for a while, I went to Jupiter, checked some shit out, and came back. Well, things just kind of flipped, and they didn't flip for long. It seems to be only seems to have only happened for about 440 years, where 
250 years of that was all like transition. Um, so, but yes, it was a role, uh, magnetic reversal. You're right on that end of the spectrum. I do want to give you at least half a point for that because I do think that's important because some people might think, oh, Max asked a question. When on earth was the most recent time a compass? Compass's east was not uh, east and was in fact west. Planets with magnetic poles from molten cores, such as our own, do have magnetic fields. That's how we get our north pole and a south pole. And they do flip once in a while. And generally they flip for a long period of time. And then they eventually flip back. And they just kind of do this. I don't think we fully understand why, but it just has to do with the convection process of the core slowly cooling. The sun does this too. Okay. Yeah. Was that your fourth question? That was my fourth question. Correct. Okay. Right. Because oh, I did a double, double question. So do yep. I need to double it? No, 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 no. I, um, I'm going to do my fifth question and then we'll be set. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So in East and West, we're going to the Russian Far East. Ooh. Specifically in the early part of the 20th century, year 1905. Uh, there was the Russia-Japanese War. I remember it. You remember it quite well. I was there. Why was the Battle of Tsushima Straits during the Russian-Japanese War considered a great first in the history of warfare? Because it was the first battle where no one died. No, oh, motherfuckers died. Okay, well, you know. People, people died. I just, you know. Modern warfare gets interesting. 1905. Is a first. It was of many firsts. You said, or just a it was. It specific was first. The it was the specific first. And sorry, where was the fight specific? This was in Tsushima Strait. The Tsushima Strait. Was it a place where, like, I'm trying to think of our theme of west and east, and the fact that this is a strait. And so I'm curious if there's like, it was the first time there was both planes like some sort of aircraft or some wall i guess they wouldn't likely have aircraft but maybe the first yeah the first time where was it like aircraft and land infantry and sea naval capabilities no oh, man. it was a completely naval battle and i, I mean the real tie to her thing is it's taking place in the, in the far east the russian far east i have a third guess i believe you do have a third guess. I'm just letting you. It's a naval battle. Okay. And I'm also letting you know that involved something that navies had for a while, had had for a while. Well, I don't want to say mounted guns because, like, cannons have got to be considered mounted guns. And yes, they are. So it's not, it's not, that. definitely not mounted guns. So, so is it like mines? Are there sea mines? Is this the first time we used? No. Okay. Sea mines had actually been a while for a while. They're actually sea mines for the longest time were called torpedoes, which is where we get the quote from uh, Admiral Farragut during World War during World War Two, the oh, Civil yeah, War. That torpedo is like he a says, Greek name. yeah, it was for torpedo, and uh, he says when they were attacking New Orleans in the Civil War, he goes, "Damn, full speed ahead and damn the torpedoes," and he was referring to what we refer to as sea mines now. Um, but it was the first time in which wireless telegraphs were used in warfare. And huh. in combat. Navies had them. This is kind of something that they kind of had for a while. Like wireless telegraphs were starting to get introduced and everything. But this is the first time that they actually were used. So it's kind of something the navies had kind of started equipping. And this is the first time they actually used them. Because they were probably still using light and like Morse. Yeah, and, and semaphore and all, as well as that. Like that. 
Um, in fact, they still use Sem4 during the battle. Uh, they actually, the Russians, uh, it was a decisive defeat for the Russians. It was also a, a big battle in which battleships, ironclad battleships, the way we know them, kind of faced off and really decided the whole battle. And the Russian admiral, you know, brought up the Imperial Japanese flag to surrender, and the Japanese stopped. And he, of course, knew that he probably would have been shot for his surrender and the whole debacle. But he told his crew that you are young and one day you will redeem the Russian Navy. But the lives of everyone still alive in this fleet is more important to me than my own life. So he was willing to be shot by the government, his own government, for giving up and saying, no, this is this is not going to go anywhere. And he wasn't shot. And he that was, before, was facing a trial. But Was that before the Russian Revolution that dethroned the Tsar? Yes, this was 1905. So that was still that government. Okay. The Tsar, yep. So... Because that was right before World War One, right? Or right after? During? During. It started during 19... The Russian Revolution... Well, there were several different revolutions that were very success. The one you're referring to is the one in 1917. Okay, so it was after. Yep. Because you had both the February Revolution and then the October Revolution. And then it ended up going into a massive civil war. Hmm. Mike, what are the points going into this last question? That I'm you are at five, and I'm at three point five. I'm at five. You're at five. Wow, this you is got a highest, two and a three. This is our highest uh, point game ever. Okay, well, I think we've gotten to five before. <clears throat> Maybe, Michael. Which war lasted primarily from 1994 to 1997 and concluded with the deaths of two prominent figures on both sides? 1994 to 1997. Concluded with the death of two prominent figures on both sides. I could give you a hint here, but obviously the free hint is, again, east and west, or east versus west, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, no, I think that's what you're getting at. So it's something to do with east and west. But I have Um, have a hint on top of that if you need more than just east and west. Trying to think of, of civil wars... The wars that happened. Um, that was, I think, during Kosovo, the Balkan Wars at the same time. Prominent figures on both sides died, but Milosevic didn't die. I know the North and South Yemen were many, many years earlier. Who got to it? Uh, does that have to do with... Does this have to do with East Timor? Say that again? Does this have to do with East Timor in Indonesia? No. Fuck. Fuck. Would you like a hint? Sure. I would argue it's more accurate to say a feud or even a battle than a war. The two prominent figures on both sides are still talked about pretty regularly in American culture. In a specific aspect of American culture, obviously. And of course, this is the oh, United you States son of a bitch! It was the East vs. West rap feud yes. with Tupac and Biggie Smalls. Oh, it's of course, I'm so white. Of course, I didn't know that. It's the most East and West, East vs. West thing I could think of. When you said East vs. West, I was like, well, of course, I'm going to have to include the hip hop rivalry of oh damn the 90s. Yeah, that's what it. Hmm. Look at me going East Timor, <laughs> like a pleb. <laughs> uh, damn. So what's that get me? That gets you... Well, I gave you a hint, right? So I guess technically one point. That was Fuck. the last guess. 
What is what does that bring us to? Four and a half to five? Yep, four point five to five. Mm, that's pretty close. I mean, that's close enough to call it a tie if you want. It's not a tie, because but it's I not know. a tie though. It's not a tie. No, I know. I was just you know, it's called pity. It's I know it's called pity. pity, and don't you give me your pity. I hope someone's keeping track of like who wins how many games in total because we certainly are not <laughs> keeping track of that. And if you are keeping track of it, you can get to us at ufaqpodcast at gmail.com or, or you could you, if you're on our facebook you can just let us know and post on the facebook yeah you can therefore everyone us. can know yeah you can direct message us on the facebook too or um you can even tweet at us at ufaq podcast we haven't really used twitter much we're not really like a twitter we're not twitter gurus we don't, we don't really, tweet a lot. That's that's all you have to say. Yeah, you don't well, have to drag this up. Hopefully, we we can get into it. You know, if any of our listeners stop moving right. your head like that. It's okay. so I, my dear listener, I cannot explain how bothersome his head motion is. It's like a little head bob. He's like a heron, that's like creeping on someone at a bar. Hey, hey, you want to get some twitters? You want to get my tweet? Repost my tweet. And now you've been sprayed with mace. You favorite my tweet. <laughs> any rate, uh, we also like to thank our sponsors. Oh, we skipped our sponsors. Well, no, we didn't. I'm thanking them right now, child. I know, but we're supposed to do them halfway through the show. I need you to... You know, now people... Thank you. We'd like to thank the Dutch East India Company <laughs> for their love and support and money. The real reason we did this theme. Was yes. The, was for the sweet, sweet, sweet money. So as Max said, you can like us on Facebook, follow us there, post at us. We are going to be doing more themed episodes. If you have ideas for themes, they can be broad, they can be really specific. If you want us to do an episode on chalk, uh, we may, unless a more exciting solution is given to us. But please, uh, give us your suggestions for themes. Also, if you like the podcast, don't be afraid to share it with your friends to let people know. That's how this thing grows, gets bigger, and all that jazz. A lot of our friends have actually been saying that they felt a little nervous giving us questions because a lot of our questions are so weird and abstract which is totally fine if you don't feel comfortable giving us a question you can totally give us a theme yes we'd love that that'd be great because if you have if you have subjects or stuff you want to learn more about or you want to see what we can dig up definitely give us the theme and we'll both scratch away at that question like a mouse scratches at a something that it would want to scratch at i was gonna say scratches scratches in a something I, I was gonna make a really weird esoteric thing and then it escaped me why couldn't you um, say like a like a six-year-old scratches scratch and sniff stickers scratch and stiff scratch and, <laughs> scratch and stiff <laughs> uh, we're not i don't want i don't want to i just said wow we're gonna move swiftly on max anything you what did you learn today oh right what did i learn today um I learned some interesting things, like how we started actually using uh, wireless communication in naval battles, only starting in 1905, which seems kind of appropriate, but also seems like a little late to me. It's one of those things where normally when new technologies are made, we try to incorporate them militaristically as quickly as possible. So I was a little surprised about that one. I'm just thinking of the... um, What's his name? Theodos? Theodos the first? Theodosis the first. Theodosis the first. How I'm like, I, I at some point definitely knew that. There were a lot of Roman emperors. I mean, we have to, there were a lot and many yeah. often overthrew and stabbed the other one prior. And then when they split, it's like increases. And then of course, you know, Western Roman Empire decided to collapse like a flan in a cupboard. 
So, speaking of which, I discovered the Caesar guy. I guess he was a big deal. Yes, we'll talk about him next week. Talk about him next week on our episode about salads. No, uh, next week we'll let you know what the theme is then. What um, did you learn this week, Mike? I learned about the magnetic excursion, and I also learned about all the criminal crabs that live on Millennium <laughs> Island. The you're still thinking about these crabs. I, yeah, I often think about crabs. Sometimes they keep me awake for different reasons. Um, <laughs> with that, I'm Michael Hodkowski. And I'm Max Hodkowski. And as always, stay curious. I always wanted to say it with you. Stay curious. And stay curious out there, folks. You keep you keep the ball of knowledge rolling. You keep on rocking the free world. This is you know, it's your vote and it matters now. It's your money and you need it now. And you just keep that knowledge flowing, everybody. I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> what is that? You ever see that? It was from uh some movie. I forget the name of it. Um, and they said, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. He's just talking about people going, it's madness. It's crazy. You're just everyone's shouting out at your window. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. But I started to shut down like a robot. Um, I don't know why I'm still speaking in the microphone. We're done recording. We are done recording. I mean, I left it on because whatever. <laughs>